Welcome to another edition of the TRN Podcast. I am Philip Schmitz, and I am joined by Matt. Uh, he was on here earlier in the summer. Uh, Matt, uh, how's NC State going for you? Uh, going well, going well. Uh, not a firster anymore, so luster of that has kind of worn off. But it's going well. Already been here like two months. Uh, never really feels like it. Always feels like it's going by faster than you think. But uh, so far, going well. Um the good benchmark with college. Uh, hopefully some of our friends in the discord haven't had to learn this the hard way, but if you can go through your whole semester without really bombing any tests, you're probably going to be fine. Uh, I, I can relate. Yeah, I might uh, still got some details to work out, but I'm hoping I can get an internship this summer. That'd be a lot of fun. Internship in what? Um, so I want to do, uh, civil engineering specifically. Uh, I mean, I'm open to pretty much anything in the field. Uh, that's kind of what I'm working on. I mean, I'm in the program now, 100%. Now I just need to figure out what I want to do, but it would be for a local company, which would be great because it means I wouldn't have to move anywhere, but I'd mostly be going to, so it's a company where I'm from in Wilmington called Paramount Engineering. We're basically, uh, they kind of work for, um, not necessarily the city, but they work, they do, they, they don't work for the city specifically, but most of their projects are with that. But basically whenever a city or a private contractor like gets a plot of land before anything gets built, they go to it, uh, examine it, you know, map it out to kind of figure out what they can and can't do with it. And then they do a lot of the groundwork for uh, building things. So not necessarily like houses, think more like pipes, drainage, uh, mm. s- storm water. That's a really big deal in Wilmington. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Basically the, uh, the foundation stuff that it's going to go on. Exactly. Um, that and just that. And really the, they don't, like I said, they don't do any work with building, but they kind of, plot the land and tell the people who will be building uh, vertically just what to do and what mm. not to do based on the properties for lack of a better word with the land. Yeah. Um, that's uh, hope that goes well for you. Hope you get that. Um, I'm kind of familiar with the internship because when I did the GMA set program back in 08, 09, I had to be an internship at the uh, dealership I worked at still currently. So oh, nice. Yeah, uh, it was kind of the requirement, like, hey, if you want to go to the GMA set program or even the Ford program that was in our building, you kind of had to be linked at the dealership. So uh, I did that for a little under two years and then uh, became a full-blown tech on my own, give or take. Uh, yeah, this would be just the summer one, but um, if it goes well, we'll see. You never really know, right? Yeah, get your foot in the door, though. For sure. Yeah. Hey, what- oh, uh- one other thing I was just going to add on at the end is, you know, even if it doesn't work out long term for me like it did for you, uh, that's always great for anybody when they can say, hey, I've done an internship here. Kind of, I mean, you can prove you know what you're doing to anybody else. Yeah, and you have experience. I mean, that doesn't hurt at the end of the day. <laughs> well, we had some racing stuff to get to, but um, we'll start with non-racing stuff first. Sunday was not a good day for either of our football teams. Um, uh, they lost I, to the Giants. I, I, you know what? The Giants are what four and one. Four and I one. mean, okay, that's fair. 
They're better. I mean, I mean, there were question marks of, hey, how long is this guy going to last as their head coach? I don't even know his name, but Matt Rule got fired yesterday. Um, not surprised, but uh, I can't, I can't really say anything because our Rams offense, our Rams offense is just horrible. I mean, uh, we, uh, I think outside of two big plays, we couldn't do squat. <coughs> Uh, I just happened to be, I was with some cowboy friends, but I was like, this is going to be a great week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, green Bay, they got that big win over Tampa a few weeks ago. I was like, all right, things are going great. Then they had the Patriots game, which felt like a loss, even though they won. And then this giants game. (laughs) Yeah. I think for us, I mean, our two wins. I mean, yeah, we did beat Arizona, so that's important for the division. And I think kind of that's going to help both of us. Our divisions are pretty weak. I mean, I'm oh. not sort on. I'm not sort on the Vikings <coughs> on your end until they do something. The Bears completely rebuild. And I'm going to be honest, Detroit, if they could ever get a defense, they could oh, yeah. maybe do something because they've thrown up some points and, you know, they almost beat Seattle. Or no, I think they did beat Seattle. No, they lost that game 48-45. Okay, but they had a high-scoring game against Philly. Um, they can score. They can light it up. Uh, we're kind of in that same boat. The Cardinals, we kind of sort of just have their number. Uh, Seattle, they're going to go as far as Geno Smith will take them. And 49ers, I mean, they've had our number, but I don't know how, what they're going to do. So, be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Same for uh... – for Green Bay, I mean Minnesota. Minnesota's off. I mean, I'm not gonna dismiss Minnesota's start, but I mean they're a weird. They're a weird team in the sense to where, like, other than that one big year they had a few years ago with Case Keenum, it feels like Minnesota can never put together a full season. Like they'll either start off great and then just finish terrible, or they'll like they'll have a great second half of the year, but they started off so badly it doesn't mean anything. Um, I- yeah, I saw a great I saw a great tweet about the Vikings last year and said the Vikings will be good enough to make everyone think that they're going to do something, but never bad enough to make everyone go. We need to change something. And I saw that going. That's about accurate. <laughs> the one thing that does worry me about Minnesota is their games against the Lions and the Saints. Now, most people will probably look at that and be like. The Lions and the Saints, they barely beat two terrible – well, okay, New Orleans is terrible. It's like they barely beat two mad teams. Like, why does that mean anything? It's like, well, I'm worried because Minnesota's winning close games. Usually the Vikings crap their pants in close games, so that's what's worrying. Yep, it is worrying. Speaking of worrying, well, a handful of drivers had to deal with this last weekend. We'll switch into uh, the NASCAR action at the Robo. And we'll start with the cup race. We have some things to unpack, including uh, what came down today. Today is October 11th, and if anyone listens, you're probably going to be hearing this on October 12th on the Wednesday when I press enter on this. But uh, let's talk about the Robo Cup race. Uh, kind of a quiet first half of the race, I would say. Kind of hard yeah. to pass. Uh, uh- a lot of strategy of guys who were wanting stage points versus guys who were kind of strategically trying to get in position to win the race. Uh, What was your thoughts? I mean, most of the um, drivers going for the stage points made sense. It was uh, pretty much all the playoff drivers, except for Chase Elliott, who already had the win and Christopher Bell, who knew he needed the win. Everybody else was going, which we'll get to that later. But um, 
everybody else was going for stage points and then it may i mean you knew some of the people who were going to be staying out i mean aj allmendinger tyler reddick they got they had nothing to gain by going for the stage points they're no. heavy hitters on road courses you knew they were going to play for the win chase elliott's locked in you knew he was going to play for the win um i was impressed with justin haley too i mean i know they were saying during the broadcast he was probably leaning on aj allmendinger all week i mean why would you not but yeah. He did. He looked really good. He looked really good. Um, both colleague cars looked good. I mean, they were basically both- top five to top eight all race. All race. Um, and I think Almendinger for sure had the better car than over Haley. But I mean, I don't think Haley gets talked about. I would say the second half of the year, he's had some really good runs. Texas, he had a good finish. Uh, Bristol, both. I believe he finished uh, top ten. I, I he can't remember. Decent, he had a decent run at both Darlington races. Yes, he did. Um, it, it makes <laughs> sense. They're coming to tracks that they've been to twice outside of the Roval. I know Texas. They they went to the All Star race and they ran well there in the uh, Open race. But uh, I've been impressed with what they've done the second half of the year, being a full time uh, operation for the first time. Um, but I mean, you talked about the strategy part. I mean, Amadinger was running what fifth in stage yeah. one, he pits and he still finishes 10th. Like, that's kind of how weird that that stage one and stage two played out. Um, it, it's hard to, it's hard with road courses just because you can, I mean, unlike almost any other track except for maybe Indianapolis and Pocono, you pit at the end of the stage, you're losing a lap. But like you said, you could pit at a road course if you're that far ahead and still finish and still get stage points. I think the only other tracks you could do it, (laughs) Daytona and Talladega, I remember Denny doing this in 2017. He pitted before the close of stage one and got the lead by doing that because he didn't lose a lap. And I think that's how he won stage two. Uh, um so but you, you are correct the road courses do give you that option of uh you can pit and not lose a lap and kind of just play strategy game um do me a favor uh so basically recapping the first stages uh joey logano won stage one stage two i believe went to chase correct i think so i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm that that's a safe bet for any road course uh, stage yeah, it's a good safe bet it's it is um now, about this point, the Rams and Cowboy game started, and I was with some friends. I was out, so I actually watched more of the Cowboy game and Rams game. Did not really see the second half of this race live. I did see it later on. How about you would just recap that badness, and I'll just chip in while, I, while you do that. Because okay. um, stuff uh, went down. <laughs> all right, so for most of the third stage, the third stage was pretty was pretty chill until about – six seven laps to go it looked like i mean by that point all the strategy looked like it was about shaking out chase elliott aj allmendinger had like a 10 to 15 second lead on everyone else and it looked like it was going to be one of those two in and even like on twitter yeah that was that's how it felt with 10 laps left okay um then i I mean chastain had had his issue but he was still fine and it looked like it was going to be bowman bell briscoe and centric out um that's what it looked like uh then with about six or seven laps to go, I forget what it was. That's when Kyle Larson has his mechanical issue. I still don't know if, because based on what was broken, I, I don't know enough about it to know if there was anything Larson could have done, but 
then he had his problem, but it was still stage yeah. three. He was out of the race, but it was like, unless something really weird happens, Larson should still be fine. Well, then we get the debris caution for the sign that's on the track. And that's when the whole race just completely goes to hell. So I will say this. So I'm, I'm looking on Twitter, just, just scanning, and um, I see a caution come out. And I was like, huh, that's all. I don't look it for a while. I swear the last six laps seemed to take 40 minutes. Oh, they did too. I was Okay. Actually... I, I, I was refreshing my timeline, no. and I was like, why has Bob not posted anything? What, what, what? Um, is the race still going on? And I was so, like, there, there is, there is a reason for that. So they do, um, they do the restart, right? And about it's okay. So it's interesting what happens here. Keep in mind, this is with the uh, cleanup and stuff. This all happens. I, I don't remember if it was a green, white checkered or if it was just regular two laps to go, but, but there's two laps left. Right. And right. Christopher Bell goes into pit for, fresh tires and he comes out of the pits in like 12th 14th whatever it is and most people i mean he was too far back to win the race on the same strategy as everyone else so why the hell not but yeah he yeah. was the first person out of the pits on fresh tires so then that that comes back uh austin Cindric and austin, uh, chase briscoe i think also pit for tires austin Cindric stayed out and with Cindric staying out, he made up enough ground to like make it close with Kyle Larson. So it looked like it was going to be one of those two. They do the restart. Of course, there's a giant crash going into turn one. Like they're always. I saw is. that. Um, there wasn't anything huge. Uh, there wasn't anybody huge taken out there. But where it does get important is they're going through the infield road course. And I still don't know how with the restart because he there was nothing about his restart that looked great. He must've just had a really good run. Kevin Harvick of all people manages to get the lead and AJ Allmendinger. I don't know if he got shuffled back or what, but after the restart, he was, I don't know if it was tires, whatever. He was just the non-factor after the restart. Uh, Chase Elliott and Tyler Reddick are in second and third. And it's like, are one of the, is one of them going to catch Harvick? And then Tyler Reddick just punted Chase Elliott. I don't know if something happened, but uh, hold up. Do you remember Watkins Glen? Uh, that's a good point. That's a good I point. I he Chase basically dumped Tyler Reddick. That's didn't good... wreck him, but he dumped, but he moved him <laughs> out of the way. And I remember after the race, Tyler came by Chase, uh, Chase's car and revved his engine, saying, Basically, I'm not happy with you. And I'm not saying that's why that happened, but that was the first thing that came through my mind when I saw that. Uh, if, if that is what happened, uh, Chase better be happy. Tyler Reddick decided to retaliate this round after he was already locked in then. True. But then I don't know. Then in the chicane, William Byron got turned around. So that wasn't looking great for him because he dropped to like less than five points ahead of the cut line. But going into the chicane, there was such a big pile up. They actually red flagged the race. That's why it took. That's why it was still going on. So on the green-white checkered, they threw a yellow out and then a, and then a red flag. Uh, so that's why it took them like 40 more minutes. And they did another green-white checkered. And while all that was going on, Christopher Bell went from 12th to like third on his fresh tires. I did see – I mean, you talk about Bell being on fresh tires. Uh, I watched this in stage one, stage two. Fresh tires <laughs> were about two seconds faster. Yeah. So and- – 
it wasn't really big like up front, but there were guys that like, hey, let's pit early. Let's maybe jump some of these guys that, you know, we can't really pass. But by strategy, it's kind of a Formula One tactic, if I'm honest. What you see, and maybe at road courses that you will see, is, hey, let's get the undercut, and then we'll just jump these guys. And it worked for a handful of them that were running 10th to 15th to 20th, pretty much most of stage one, stage two. I mean, it, it, it worked for Christopher Bell. They did another restart, uh, even though there were a bunch more crashes. I'll get to the important ones. They decided to let it run green the last two laps. And uh, on his fresh tires, once Christopher Bell caught up to Kevin Harvick and Tyler Reddick, he just blew right by him. Uh, yeah, they, they, they didn't stand a chance. So I was um, I'll give my thoughts on Christopher Bell winning a second. But obviously, he had to win. He was in a must win spot and he did. Mm-hmm. So good for him. Um, so it's coming down to, uh, you know, obviously Alex Bowman's going to be out, uh, Christopher yes. Bell winning puts him in. So you knew Suarez was going to be out, but it was basically, uh, with Kyle Larson being however many laps down he was, they did get him back on the track, but he wasn't going to pass anybody. Um, Austin Cindric and Chase Briscoe. So Austin Cindric on the second to last lap when they did the second green white checkered he got spawned in the chicane and it looked and then it was it so he was out and then it came down to kyle larson and chase briscoe uh briscoe on the going taking the white flag was two points behind larson but uh because of i think talladega or texas whatever it was chase briscoe had the tiebreaker so he only needed to pass two more cars He's running with Ty Dillon and Austin Dillon on the last lap, trying to pass both of them, right? I thought also Eric Jones. Not Eric Jones. That yeah. wasn't? Okay. No, no, it was Eric Jones. It was not Ty Dillon. It was Eric Jones and Austin Dillon he was running that's, with. That's what I thought it was because I thought it was uh, – Yeah, I don't know. To, it, no, it, it's because they both had green cars. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know why. I said, I said Ty Dillon because – and anyway, so they're going – I'm sure you've seen this at least. As well, three of we them have. Are, as the three of them are running into the chicane on the last lap, Cole Custer break checks Eric Jones. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't know. I'm not obligated to say how intentional it was or not. I'm pretty sure it was. But Cole Custer break checks both Eric Jones and Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon, Austin Dillon, whatever. Well, doesn't, hey, that, that doesn't you... matter. What matters is Chase Briscoe passed all of them. And he right. got into the next round while Kyle Larson, who – a lot of people, myself included, even though he didn't have the year he did last year, thought he was one of the favorites to win the whole thing. Is out, All right, of course, is out in the round of twelve. What if I told you? <laughs> have you seen the news the last about three or four hours? I have, I have. I, 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 I I've uh, listened to the radio. Yeah, I, I have not. I have not listened to the radio. I've I listened to the radio. Saying, I did not hear. I did not listen to it. What did they say? Uh, the crew chief said, you have a flat, you have a flat, check up, check up. And that's, that's why Custer checked up. And That's such crap. There's and, no and, and I read Scott Miller's <laughs> statement saying, hey, the crew chief said I have a flat tire. They're not privy of, A, that information of tire pressures. And also, he can't even see his own car. Oh, yeah, there's no way. Maybe if you could maybe, maybe try to lie if you, if the spotter said it, but... Right. Even then, they'd be stretching it. But see, I heard the rumor of a flat tire. My first thought is, if he had a flat tire, why is he making the chicane? 
Exactly. Has, and that was my first thought. Like, if he had a legit flat tire, he's not making the chicane. He's getting out of the way. Not even I, the chicane. If he's got a flat tire, why is he even still in the racing line? I mean, basically, I mean, it was just like to me, it was so blatant. Like, could you have not thrown a bigger flag of you're you're going twenty miles per hour going into the chicane on the backstretch going into the chicane twenty miles per hour slower than. Eric okay. Jones and it's okay. just like so. I got a question here. This is I just thought of this. Um, I understand a little bit of it, especially since Chase Briscoe again. Like I said, he had tiebreak over Larson. He might have right. anyway. But they don't, obviously they don't, they penalize Custer, but they're not kicking Chase Briscoe out of the round of eight. Um, no, which I, I which I think is fair. But I wanted to ask you: Does them not penalizing Briscoe in any way? Uh, how does that make you feel as a Clint Boyer fan? <laughs> Honestly, it's not Briscoe's fault. Oh, Briscoe, no. Briscoe's just racing. He's trying to make the positions. I bet that, you know, Johnny Klausmeyer and I believe, I don't know who's Briscoe's spotters. They're not privy to what's going on in the 41 yeah, or what they're sure. doing. And so should Briscoe <coughs> be penalized for that? No, he shouldn't. No, because unlike um, because unlike uh, Spingate all those years ago, there's not the what makes this different is there's no evidence Briscoe was in on it. No, I mean he went to the inside. I mean he had a run on the inside. There was a lane there. That's yeah, what he I, needed. That's what he needed to do to make the next round. He needed to go right. there. And he was going to send it. And but, honestly, I, I think this all all the Kyle Larson fans in our Discord server might disagree. I think the Considering the run he had and where they were on the track, and obviously Cole Custer being his teammate probably wasn't going to race him very hard. I no. think even if I think even if Cole Custer doesn't pull that maneuver, I think Ch- Chase Briscoe probably would have moved on anyway because he was like what plus two, plus three to the good once they crossed the line. It, it was close. It would have it, been very close, but I got I don't know why. It's just considering he had tiebreaker and he had a cushion. A small cushion, but a cushion when they crossed the line. I think Briscoe might have gotten it anyway, but it, it would have been close either way. I think the hindsight, because we talked <laughs> about people that pitted and then that not pitted for stage one, stage two. I don't think Kyle Larson got any stage points. I don't think he did. Um, and you kind of wonder now going, should we have maybe gotten stage points or no? Because I bet they felt like, look, they were going to make the race if they didn't have the mechanical issue, or they would have oh, made the round of eight with the mechanical issue. Easy, like no question. No, yeah. Even though he was like sixth or fifth or whatever it was, he was only like plus 15 or something. No one went into this round of, like no one went into this race thinking Kyle Larson wasn't going to get it on speed. Everyone's like, he's only yeah. not going to get in. Even though he, unlike last year with the Roval where he was great, even though he wasn't really a factor to win the race, it's like the only way Larson doesn't get in is if something goes horribly wrong. Guess well, what? Well, last year he had the alternator issue. And they still came back and won. They still came back. But, I mean, we've seen this happen before. Uh, 2020, Harvick goes into Martinsville. Oh, he's safe. He's safe. He'd be fine. Doesn't make the round of four. Does not get any stage points to stage one and two, and I forgot where he finished, but he got nothing. Did not. Oh yeah, he, that's the race where he. Uh, I don't remember where he finished. Yeah, that's the race where he tried wrecking Kyle yep. on turn four and wrecked himself. And then uh, twenty sixteen, you had at Talladega, Truex is in a strong position, engine blows. Yeah. Keselowski in a good strong position, engine blows. I mean, I mean, you could attest to this being a Kyle Busch fan. I mean, 
Jeez, if, if this engine doesn't blow up at Darlington, Kyle's likely still in the round of eight. No, not Darlington or like that's if, if his engine doesn't blow at Darlington and Bristol. He could have had one engine failure and been five right. too. But I mean, the thing with Darlington is he was leading that oh, restart. He led all those. He led, I don't even know how many. He led like half the race at Darlington. He was leading. Martin Shurex Jr. was the only person who looked faster than him. He was out. There is absolutely no question in my mind. Kyle Busch wins that race if his engine doesn't blow. I, and nothing against Eric Jones. Eric Jones is going to oh, yeah. run for his money. I was so happy with Eric. Like if yeah. it, I was happy for Eric Jones, I would have been ecstatic if he if it was at the demise of anybody else. But I was still <laughs> happy for him. So <sighs> Christopher Bell wins the Roval. Uh, hey, a, hey, a Toyota won on a road course with all the no, struggles I, they've had. I did not see that course. coming. I, that's why I said earlier in the week, there's a good chance Toyota <laughs> does not have a car that makes it in a round of eight because Hamlin wasn't necessarily safe as well. Like he had a cushion, but. That the road courses have not been strong for Toyota. Oh, you know, I was thinking that going in. I'm like, no one was safe uh, other than Chase Elliott. No one was for sure good. I felt like the only driver that was really safe, uh, even though he really didn't do anything at Talladega, was Joey. Oh, yeah. Um, I what? felt like if Joey just kept his nose clean, he'll be fine. Especially after stage one, he got 10 points. Okay, yeah, stage, once, like... once he won stage one, I was like, all right, he's fine. But... So, we'll just recap this. It's just easier to say who did not make the round of eight. That would be Kyle Larson, uh, Daniel Suarez, Austin Sendrick, and Alex Bowman. Uh, Bowman did not race due to having concussion-like symptoms, uh, like he did also last week at Talladega. Uh, hope to see Alex Bowman back and healthy soon. Uh, unknown if he'll race this weekend at Las Vegas. We'll get to our champ four picks for the Cup Series and Extended Series later. Uh, we'll jump into the Xfinity series, and this one's going to be a simple recap. A- AJ Allmendinger was in the race. He showed up. He won. Um, that's about it. Anything else <laughs> yeah. we need to talk about that? <laughs> uh, no, not really. I mean, unlike, unlike the Cup Series, there's not really a huge surprise in the Xfinity series as to who got eliminated and who – well, I guess they haven't been eliminated. Yeah, but – yeah. I mean, Ryan Sieg, well, it's close, but I mean, Sieg and Clements, their their best shot was going to be at Talladega. Yeah. Riley Herbs, it was going to be close, but then I swear the last 10 laps, he crashed like three times. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, and then Daniel Hamrick, he had that uh, issue early in the race, and they had to pit. And recovered. But the colleague has not had the speed this year like they did last year. But colleague did make some news this weekend. Um We'll just touch on that real quick. Amadinger will be in the 16 Cup car full time. Um, that's exciting to see. Amadinger's back. Uh, and then their Xfinity program, they're keeping Daniel Hamrick and Landon Castle, but they're putting Chandler Smith in AJ Amadinger's 16 car for Xfinity. Uh, Chandler's been at Toyota at Kyle Busch Motorsports, but Kyle Busch going to RCR. KBM is going to become a Chevy team. So that's why Chandler Smith jumped ship. Um, and the four guys that got limited, we just mentioned that. So let's go ahead and do our champ four picks for the cup series. We have Vegas. Then we have Homestead. And then we have Martinsville. You have Chase, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, um, Ross Chastain, we have Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe. I am missing two more, and there's just I. Um, uh, Byron and Blaney. 
Byron and Blaney, thank you. Um, just a top off off your head, who's the four that's going to be at Phoenix? Do you um, think putting the least amount of thought into this possible? I'm gonna say uh, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano. Uh, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano. I'm going to go a bit unconventional with my last of it. Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Christopher Bell, and William Byron. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Chase, Denny. I think Denny could win at Vegas. Toyota had speed the first time around there. Oh, sure. um, i tell you someone that's been kind of quiet, and I think maybe on purpose, but if you have to remember back at that Vegas race, Ross, that's when he kind of got the season rolling a bit. He finished third, or he was running third until that final caution came out. The, I think he led the most laps that race, if I'm not mistaken. I, I would believe you're right. So I'm going to go with Chase, Denny, Ross, and I think it's going to be someone that can point their way in. Uh, I, I I mean, I like it's going to be a toss-up between Byron, Logano, and Blaney to me. I think it's yeah. going to be those three. I mean, uh, address. Before we talk about the other six, I mean, kind of addressing the elephant in the room, I, I think us two and probably everyone else feels pretty safe saying Chase Elliott is probably going to be in and Chris, Chase Briscoe probably is not. But you never know. You never know. I mean, you, we've had, well, look at the round of 12 and the round of eight. They've both had a basically Chase Elliott, you know, crash out. Darlington, they lost control of the car. Uh, Texas, he had a tire Fire, failure. Yeah. So, I mean, all it takes is one bad race, and that cushion that Chase has evaporates. To yeah, where because, now, yeah, now, yeah, like, oh, by the way, you just lost your cushion. Oh, by the way, you can't make any mistakes. And now, think, unlike the round, yeah, unlike the round of eight and the round of, or not round of eight, unlike the round of 12 and the round of 16, now one bad race and he's yep. right with everybody else. I mean, in the round of 12 and especially the round of 16 with how many people had issues in those races, he was still kind of in a position where as long as he didn't mess up, he was fine. But now you can't lay an egg. You can't lay an egg, especially with, um, uh, like some of these drivers that are still in, like how good they are at the tracks coming up. I know Chase Elliott's really good at Martinsville, but like we just said, uh, the Toyotas were really fast at um, Vegas. Chastain was really good. Uh, you know how good Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney both are at Martinsville. William Byron dominated at Homestead last year. So, I mean, like you got some – it's going to be hard. If, if Chase Elliott wrecks or has an engine or something at Vegas – He's not a lock at that point. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, we'll switch to Xfinity. Their round of eight is going to be the same as uh, Cup. It'll be Vegas, Homestead, and uh, Martinsville. Uh, what's your four? Uh, I feel a lot. I'm going to go boring, but it's what I think is going to happen. And Gregson, Almendinger, Gibson, Allgaier. That's what I think. See, I'm going to uh, take your four. <laughs> And I'm going to replace Josh Berry with Allgaier. Yeah, no, Josh. And well, cool. I'd, I'd like Josh Berry. And I, I think he can do it because he won this very Vegas race last year. True. And he did win at Martinsville last year in the spring. So I don't know where he finished this go around, but uh, I like Josh Berry's chances. We're going to two tracks that he's really, really good at. Uh, he's won at. Um. But I think the other three, Gregson, <clears throat> Almendinger, and Gibbs, barring them having, like we just mentioned in the Cup Series side of things, 
as long as they don't lay an egg, they're going to be fine. Okay, I, I feel pretty comfortable with Gregson and Almendinger. I will say I, I am worried about the possibility of Ty Gibbs being Ty Gibbs. Cause, like, when you said lay an egg, when I look at Ty Gibbs more so than the other two, I think about maybe a self-inflicted leg of an egg. I will say he has done a better job of not doing that in the second half of the year. That is true. Well, aside. basically, well, okay, that was a minute of madness there that I'm going to be honest. He did not deserve a fine. He did not deserve points taken away from the Cup Series. I agree with what Brad Keselowski said. And, okay, maybe Brad's a bit biased because it was a 17 car on pit road. I do think Gibbs should have been parked a race in the Xfinity Series. Like, that is a blatant no-no you don't do. I mean, object, like taking however you feel about Ty Gibbs, the race, whatever. I mean, just that's that's dangerous. There's no way to put it. I mean, they're going six, they're going 55 miles per hour on pit road. If you want to equate that to what that's like, people go do that on the freeway because you're doing 55 to 60 on the freeway. You know, that's 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 really dangerous. I really like people. A lot of the talk always goes to the cup and what happened with William Byron, but. I mean, Ty Gibbs getting basically no penalty for, for like, in the Xfinity side of things. I mean, that is him getting off extremely yeah. lucky. I mean, you're, you're penalizing points uh, and owner points for a car that, honestly, he's not even – he's there for experience. It doesn't do anything to hurt him. It really doesn't. Um, hope, I'm pretty sure he got to start talking to. Uh, yeah, it's just but... mo- it's just it's just little moments of just madness. It's like you look at Ty going, if you could just don't do this, you would people would really like you. It's like you just need to take that extra step. Do what you did at Road America. You know, you raced Larson hard, you lost. Okay, it happens, but y'all you moved you moved away from that. Same thing at Watkins Glen with you and William Byron. Okay, it happens. That's fine. It, that's a racing deal, but it's like. That at Texas, like that's not a racing deal. That's a maturity deal, and you need to not do that. Oh yeah, you better you do that. It's like, and try to limit it too. I mean, what Kyle Busch wrecked Dale Jr. at Richmond fourteen years ago, and people still haven't let it go. So just try not to burn that image of you into people's mind. Well, I mean, I think Kyle said it best about the whole Dale Jr. Kyle spit at Richmond in those eight. Yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah, eight. People forget Dell Jr. Uh, paid Kyle back. Oh, yeah. What people also forget is the year before, uh, Jr. wrecked Kyle at Kansas in the chase. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, he wasn't going to wait in 2007, but that was Kyle's first year where he looked like a, maybe he looked a, like- a title contender. Jr. just flat out wrecked him. So Yep. Yep. Um, speaking of Kyle Busch, we've not had you on here since the uh, – Whole RCR announcement. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, yeah, to anyone watching who doesn't know, if it wasn't obvious, I'm a Kyle Busch fan. So him to RCR, I mean, uh, it doesn't surprise me. As soon as, like, as soon as, I mean, like, we found out, I don't know how long ago it was announced at this point, but Eminem's wasn't coming back. So it's like, okay. That was about the first of the year, I believe. Yeah, so it's like however many months ago that was at this point. So it's like, all right. Obviously, we know uh, Christopher Bell's not going anywhere because he's got a multi-year deal. He's the only young person on the team. But then it's like, all right. So Bass Pro Shops resigned. Okay. So FedEx resigned. Okay. So then it's like the summer and Kyle Busch still doesn't have a sponsor. 
And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, you have Ty Gibbs waiting in the wings. Oh, yeah, Ty Gibbs in the Xfinity Series has five wins. All right. He's a championship contender. Okay, that's cool. Oh, he's Joe Gibbs' grandson. All right, that's great. So I started thinking in the summer. uh, In the summer, that's around when I kind of – I thought that Kyle Busch um, leaving the team was more likely than – maybe people thought I for a long, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not surprised, at him, but I, for a long time thought maybe there's a chance he would retire, but I'm, I'm, he doesn't sound like he wants to as much as maybe he did a few months ago. Uh, but uh, the race that really, <clears throat> I think that what the team needed really badly was to win another race. Like that is what, just what Kyle Bush needed for sponsors for, um, just for everything. Like, I, I really do think Kyle, if you maybe won a few more races this year, could have stuck around. Um, but uh, Ty Gibbs, I mean, part of what's going on, too, is everything with uh, 2311. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, you know, with uh, Tyler Reddick going there and Bubba Wallace, obviously, having a really good winning at Kansas, having a really good second half of the year. It's like, all right, Ty, Ty Gibbs isn't going there. He, no. He's moving up the cup. He's got to go to Gibbs. I mean, it's been pretty obvious ever since we found out um, that Hamlin and Shurex were both staying because of their sponsors. It, it seemed obvious that if Gibbs was moving up, he was taking Kyle Busch's ride, uh, so that became official. <clears throat> but the race that that I, that I really think made it unofficial, but everyone kind of knew it was going to happen, was Pocono, Ty Gibbs' debut. Kyle yeah. Busch dominates the race. Loses it at the last second. So you already thought that kind of sucked, especially since Ty Gibbs finished like top 15, made a real, he made a really good first impression. Like he had a really good first. I forgot where he finished at uh, Pocono, but uh, I believe it was like 14th. It was, but I think at Michigan too, he finished about 15th as well. No, he, He finished top 10 in one of his first starts. I know that, but then you have the whole deal with him and Denny Hamlin getting disqualified. Yeah. And that just, I mean, for better or for worse, so much of NASCAR now is publicity and money and sponsors and all that, and that did not make him look good. Uh, I mean, for me, <laughs> I felt like, okay, the decision's done whenever Ty moved Kyle out of the way of Richmond. Uh, like, that, to me, was like, hmm, hmm, why did Ty just do that? <laughs> so, yeah, so I was waiting for an announcement. Um, I am maybe a little surprised about Richard Childress racing. Maybe not as surprised once uh, about the whole drama with Reddick and Childress, but... Which has I, a new layer today, by the which way. Which has a new layer to that, by the way, which we can talk about. But, um, we will. I think I had a feeling that Kyle Busch was going to leave probably, like, you obviously knew it was a possibility all year, but I thought it was pretty likely around July-ish. And then, obviously, we get the announcement like a month ago at this point. Uh, it'll be interesting to see him uh, back in a Chevy, that's for sure. Uh, especially since 2008 was the year I got into NASCAR. Obviously, his first year at Joe Gibbs Racing. So, of course, I've gone back and watched races with him at Hendrick. Of course, I know a lot about that, but I've never actually watched him race live in anything other than the 18 car. Because 2008, I was, I mean, it's, it's going to feel weird. In 2008, I was five, and now I'm in college, and he's been at the same team the whole time. So, 
I think you mentioned that year. You're taking a Kyle Bush right now. He's still got some years left in him, still talented, still feels like he can win multiple races, multiple championships. Yeah. He is highly motivated to show Joe Gibbs racing, just like he showed Hendrick in 08. That they made I'm, a mistake. I'm gonna make I'm gonna show you that you've just made the biggest mistake going forward. I can he's gonna have an axe to grind. Oh, and for sure. He's going to a team that is competitive. That eight car is it's very competitive. Yeah, yes. they've won three races this year. Tyler yep. should have won four or five this year. Um, you take a talent like Kyle Bush, take a Piss talent like Tyler Reddick. They're yeah. both talent wise the same, in my opinion. Maybe give or take some differences. But yeah. uh, Kyle has experience. Yes. Ky- and, Kyle Bush and Tyler Reddick. I both feel our drivers capable of winning multiple races and the championship next year. You'd give the edge to Kyle Busch though, because of his experience, like you said. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see how this goes and we'll go ahead and just talk about that little other thing. So rumor is, is Toyota has bought out uh, Tyler, Tyler Reddick's contract with RCR for next year, which means he's going to go to 23XI next year. Now, this is coming from a tweet from Lee Spencer. She's pretty been in the sport for a long time. She knows what she's doing. So it doesn't surprise when I, when I see this, I, I see something up. Okay, this is something just out of nowhere. This <laughs> might have something here. I mean, now you're going to throw a lot of money at RCR that they're going to have to develop the cars now, even going forward. So, you know, so we'll see. I think RCR is going to look to get a third charter, not next year, but the year after uh, for Austin Hill, most likely. Um, I, I'm interested. I'm also interested in this, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. So Kyle has <laughs> had interest of doing the Indy 500. However, he never got clearance by, I think it was Joe Gibbs Racing to have a go. Now that he's at RCR, now that he's at a Chevrolet team, which means he can only race Chevrolet teams at IndyCar, Penske, McLaren, at Carpenter Racing, Foyt, Hunkos. Probably go ahead and cross out uh, Foyt. And probably Hunkos is not ready yet. Um, would you like to see Kyle Busch in the Indy 500? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's not even a question. I'd love to see him in the Indy 500. I mean, his brother did in 2014. I believe he finished sixth. Uh, yep. He raced for Andretti Autosport, uh, their fifth car single in Indy 500 uh, deal that they have every year. Um, given, given uh, we'll we'll have to see because uh, it's uh, still obviously an if if he does if he even does the Indy 500. If he does between Penske or McLaren, I think it'd be more likely he'd race for McLaren just because he has had feuds with Penske and Penske drivers and cup. Um, not saying, not saying that me, would make Penske an automatic. No, I'm just saying, I think McLaren might be a little, might have less reasons to not give him a ride. So I, if, if, if he were to go, go for it, I would guess he'd drive McLaren, but who knows? I'm going to go off just basic history. <laughs> Penske has not really run a single 500 entry or a single month of May entry, except 2017. They gave Montoya it while Montoya was also 
dealing with the new Aero Kit, Universal Aero Kit that you see right now in IndyCar. He was actually being one of the drivers testing it out and giving info to IndyCar during 2017. Uh, and then I believe it was 18 and 19 and 20. Don't quote me on the exact years, but they ran a single car off for Helio Castro Neves. That's really been about it. They're not, they've not been a team that's been known to have a, a ride available for someone to jump into. So I'll just go ahead, most likely just cross Penske out. Uh, I saw some stuff on Twitter that kind of was in line of me thinking of that before it uh, with Jenna Fryer, and she's not wrong, and I think she hits the nail on the head. I think it's between McLaren and Ed Carpenter Racing. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and Kyle, it was rumored to have Menards as a backer. The only question is, can Menards and what their branding can it weave into what McLaren's branding does? If not, Ed Carpenter could be an option. Connor Daly, Renis VK will be there next year. Uh, they do have a technical partnership with Peretta Autosports, which should have some to do some Vesto driving. So they already have three cars right there. And Ed Carpenter, the owner, has driven only on ovals. So that's right now four cars out of their stable for the Indy 500. Unless Ed is retiring, I don't see them going <coughs> to five. I don't. Yeah. And I, the reason why I kind of count out who goes there is this year was their first time as a full-time operation Indy car. They did very, very well uh, with Kyle Mylod, who was a rookie as well. They're looking to expand to do two cars I don't see them expanding to three cars for Indy 500. They were rumored to possibly having a single Indy 500 option last year. That didn't happen. I don't see them having three cars. And Foyt, uh, Dalton Kelly announced today that he will not be returning to Foyt. Um, Foyt right now is in the process of finding just the drivers that are going to drive for them going forward next year. So I, they're not even, I don't think, in the position to have Kyle Busch be there because there's they have nothing to offer even if Kyle Busch had the backing. They don't have resources, nothing. Um, I would love to see Kyle do it, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like you, like you said, there's plenty to still work out, um, and it's not, it's not a perfect situation, but he's not being blocked from doing it. So no. that's, that's the most important step is out of the way. The only thing he's blocked on is he can't race for the obvious. He can't race for Honda, which yeah. means he can't race for Andretti. He can't race for Ganassi. He can't race for Ray Hall. Can't race for Meyer Shank racing. So those cancel themselves out for obvious reasons. Um, I mean, I would love to see it. Um, I, I will say this. If Kyle wins this race, I, I don't want him to go to Coke 600. If he wins this race, <laughs> just skip it. Just enjoy the rest oh. of your day. He should. Like my thing was with Kurt in 2014. Someone asked me, said, "Hey, what if Kurt wins this race? What does he do?" I said, "He stays and he parties and he celebrates it. You just don't win the Indy 500 then leave an hour later. Like oh, you just sure, yeah. you just don't do that. Like I, if I was Richard, hey Kyle won the Indy 500. I would call Kyle. Said, "Hey, I don't want to see you. We'll have the backup driver ready. You need to go appreciate and you need to go." you know, experience go what it's like, it. go celebrate it, go to the banquet. That's going to be in uh, the following Monday, you know, Sunday, Sunday morning is when they typically do pictures and stuff like that. And he needs to experience that. Like I, I don't. Um, well, speaking about Kurt Busch, um, 
there was some news that kind of came out. We touched on it earlier surrounding Tyler Reddick uh, with Toyota rumored to be buying the option that Reddick had by ARCR for next year. Um, 23XI, they already gave Bubba Wallace a new contract, a multi-year contract in the 23. Um, Toyota has not been in the market to find a third charter, which means do we do we think we're going to see Kurt Busch step away from at least a full-time basis next year? Well, I mean, unless, uh, unless 2311 comes up with a new charter, which... I know Hamlin has said they've wanted to expand, but like you mentioned, uh, Toyota hasn't really seemed like they're in the market for it. Tyler Reddick's going there. Bubba's not going anywhere. So Kurt yeah. would have to, Kurt, but Kurt can't be there next season. Um, and you don't know how much money, and you don't know how much money they're having to give RCR just to get Tyler Reddick. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean that on, on top of also paying for a new, I mean, with how obviously you can't get rid of Bubba Wallace because he's no, the face of the team. And then you, you just shelled out all that money for Tyler Reddick. You might as well put it to use. Um, you know, and if they don't come up with a new charter, obviously Kurt's not there, uh, especially with his age and coming off of an injury that's more severe than any of us thought it was when it happened. Um, I definitely don't think Kurt would never race again, but looking at everything else too, he's, not going to be back with 2311 and therefore not be back with Toyota as a whole unless they find a charter for him, which it sounds like they're probably don't have. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you look at Kurt, you look at his age, you look at what he's accomplished. I mean, there's not really much that he hasn't really accomplished. Um, the championship, all those wins, Daytona 500. I mean, I think the only things, only big races he hasn't won is the Brickyard 400, even though it's not on the Brickyard anymore. It's not the Oval. Um, he's never won the Southern 500 because Ricky Craven said no. Um, he did win the Coke 600 in 2010, I think. Okay. I was going to ask if he won the Coke 600 or not. Um, there's not, I mean, the longer this has gone out, I kind of felt like maybe Kurt is going to step aside. And, um, uh, because, yeah, yeah I mean, it, like you it, said, and everything is a sorry. I mean, it, yeah, as kind of as we're going to go with. I mean, it, maybe Kurt's like, you know what? Maybe it's not the way I wanted to go out, but you know, and I still think it will be a part of Toyota. Um, oh, yeah, I think it wouldn't surprise me if he's part of 23XI's whatever you know, within the team, you know, competition director or someone uh, personnel within the team that, I, that they need, they need people like that, um, that a are experienced of, Hey, I've driven the car. So, I mean, you could tell the uptick performance 23 XIs had this year, just by having Kurt this year compared to last year. Oh, for sure. I mean, he got, I mean, the, t- the team swept Kansas this year. Uh, yeah. But, <clears throat> they're they're going to, the 45 car is going to get a decent, the 45 car is going to get a decent finish in the owner points. Um, <clears throat> they didn't make the round of eight, if I'm not mistaken. I don't but... think they did, but they'll still get an all right finish. Oh yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> it makes sense to put Tyler Reddick in that car. If, you know, if the doctors tell Kurt, Hey, we don't really like this. And we don't know. We don't know what this would happen. If let's say another wreck like this happened. It might be ideal for Kurt just to say, hey, okay, you know what? 
I'm going to step away, even though he's probably not ready. Uh, kind of similar to when Dario Franchitti had his big Houston crash in 2013. He wanted to do one more year in IndyCar and do some sports car stuff. And they made Dario pretty much uh, a driver coach for all the drivers that goes and helps them. And it makes sense to put Tyler Reddick in that car next year instead of having a stopgap with John Hunter Nemechek, if I'm honest. It makes sense because nothing against John Hunter Nemechek – I mean, the team, they, they, you're going to put a plug in one driver there that's not going to be there going forward. Oh, by the way, that driver knows that. It just helps a better, helps the team better off if you just put Tyler Reddick in that car. Yeah. I mean, if it would, it would, it sucks for Kurt because he is the person who it would make the most sense. I mean, like, if you could, it would make the most sense to have him stay one more year if, if Tyler Reddick wasn't going to be there. But, right. I mean, like you said, they paid – if they bought out his contract, they would have had to have given a ton of money to RCR. If they spent that much money to get, t- like, the rights to Tyler Reddick and his driving, um, like, that sounds like even – like, even they, like, Kurt Busch probably isn't going to be back because, I mean, they wanted Kurt there. You see how much better yep. the team has gotten with him. If they thought they could bring him back for one more year, it would it would have made sense to – like have Kurt do one more year, maybe retire full time in twenty twenty three and bring Reddick for twenty twenty four. So if they spent all that money to get Reddick's contract, that tells me that the team doesn't think Kurt's gonna be back full time next year. Yeah, and I, I could see Kurt having a go. I don't know on the cup races, but you know, you look at JGR's Xfinity program, going we know Daniel um Brandon Jones, he's leaving to go to JRM. Um we know Gibbs most likely is going to the 18th cup ride. So if I had to guess, being the fact that he's been in the majority of the second half of the races, Sammy Smith coming off of his ARCA championship, boy, he, he, he showed off in front of the other driver. Can't remember who his name is. That was a pretty, that was a nice burnout, by the way. Going to assume Sammy Smith's going to be full-time Xfinity. Yeah. Would assume. Um, and then it's going to be the question mark of who's going to the other two cars. Chandler Smith's already jumped and left. Uh, he's that colleague. Uh, do they put John Hunter? Uh, does he go to one of the Xfinity cars? And, you know, they've had that one car there for, you know, Christopher Bell or Trevor Bain or Truex. I don't know if Truex did a race this year, but I know he did one last year. We could see Kurt Busch have a go at some Xfinity races, kind of like how Dale Jr. does. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I mean, especially given how Kurt's received now, which is better than he's been for any of his career. I don't really think I, – I, I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't be happy to see that. No. And he's not like he's, you know, okay, he's dealing with concussions and he's basically doing his own thing. I think outside of maybe having to meet up with doctors or personnel uh, for what he's going through, he's at the race shop. You know, he's helping the team and, and trying to help them perform on race day. And he's in the war room. And I don't think it's because he's been asked to do it. I think it's because he wants to do it. Yeah, I mean, two, two. Also, like you said, I with all that, I it, it's definitely not going to be a Carl Edwards situation where you never hear from him again. I mean, he'll still um, probably have plenty to do with the team, and who knows? I mean, I don't know where he'd get the uh, part time ride for, but even if he doesn't come back full time, I'm sure he's probably got another at least Cup race or two in him somehow. Yeah, I mean, maybe he tries to get that 
last tries to get the Southern 500 win. Yeah, that's been so close. I mean, that if I had to think of like what's your first fleeting image of Kurt Busch, it's when that wheel fell off at Homestead in 2004 and he almost hit the wall, but he didn't. He still came back and won the championship. And then I would say the finish of the 2003 spring Darlington race, even though he didn't win. It's probably the best finish he's been. Well, no, I take that back. Uh, you're not going to like this one. Kentucky. That oh, was yeah. a good finish. That was amazing. Like, taking my bias out of it, that was incredible. It was. Um, but uh, that's going to probably be my fleeting image of, of like, you know, that, you know, him winning the Daytona 500, um, which was his first and only Daytona 500 win. Tony Stewart, who um, that was his only win so far as a car owner. I think that was kind of cool that they had that moment because if you remember, what was it? The Oh seven race. He and Tony dominated that race when they wrecked each other. Yeah. Cause Tony got loose and Kurt, Kurt had nowhere to go. Yeah. Kurt, uh, Tony got loose or he clipped the apron, which is easier to do at Daytona than it is at Talladega. And Kurt had no time to react. And those two had, were the best cars that day. You one of the, you never know. It's Daytona. But if that wreck doesn't happen, one of those two probably wins the race. Most likely, yes. Um, Kurt had the best Dodge. And Tony, <coughs> he had the best think, Chevrolet. Yeah, they were still Chevys at the time, I think. Yeah. And what I remember from that um, 07 race, Tony had a speeding penalty or something in the middle of the race. And he charged all the way back up to get the lead. Like, you know, he had a very strong car. That time period, that 20 car, <laughs> I mean, the plate races at Daytona in July, just give it to the 20 car. He's just going to dominate. Oh, 05, yeah. he dominated. Oh, 06, he dominated. It was just. I well, actually, I've been watching. I, I've been, small little tangent here. I've been going back and watching, like, old, uh, older NASCAR races. That, those two races in July, 2005 and 2006, I mean, like, that was Earnhardt and Earnhardt Jr. Ask how much better than everybody else he was. Yeah. I mean, they were like Tony and Dale Earnhardt Jr. were like teammates, but on two different teams. And oh, they, yeah, they no. even talked about it. They love working but, together. Yeah. That, that really pissed me off come uh, Talladega 2001, <laughs> where who Tony helped. I'm not over that one. <laughs> I even said it on Twitter today <laughs> with the whole Cole Custard thing of, oh, I guess teammates can't help each other. And I responded with, oh, yeah, like you mean when Tony helped Bobby at Talladega in 01? Oh, wait. And Avery responded, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, all of that, uh, you know, that 2004 Homestead race was crazy because it went from looking like Kurt had it in the bag, absolutely no issues, to the wheel fell off, to he still comes back and wins anyway. Kentucky. Um, honestly, another one of the things that comes to mind to me too, uh, especially given in the early 2010s, uh, everything Kurt had going on on and off the track. Um, his first win in a, at SHR, that racing one at Martinsville, I guess, where he beat Jimmy Johnson, who again at the time when you went to Martinsville, it's like you might as well just hand Jimmy the trophy now. I think that yeah. I think that was his first win with SHR. It was. It his was. His car was completely beat up at the end of the race. I mean, that was vintage Kurt Busch too. Yeah, Brad tried to wreck him without a front bumper or yep. front hood. They're uh, like, and then, yeah. 
Oh, and then for me, uh, <coughs> and then I'll let you close it off. His Indy 500. People oh, yeah. forget. People forget he qualified and everything he did on the uh, the weekend prior to the 500. And then I believe it was the Monday or the Tuesday. He crashes. Crashes in practice. They had to rebuild his car. Actually, no, take that back. They had to use the spare tub and everything from Marco Andretti's car. And he only had like a 45 or an hour carb day session on the Friday just to get, you know, okay, this is good. This is good. This is kind of get back his confidence and his rhythm back. And like people forget, like he had to go through that, which at Indy, that's not easy to do. Oh, yeah. Like, if you smack the wall in Indy in practice, first off, I mean, you don't know if your car is going to be the same. But also, sometimes the drivers just don't react. Like they kind of get timid a bit. Oh, you know, you do not want to, you do not want to have any, you do not, you don't want to have any doubt in your mind that something's going to go wrong when you're going 200 miles an hour into a 90 degree turn. Yeah. It's <laughs> that thing when it wrecks, you, you you don't know when it wrecks. You just, you just realize it wrecked. There's yeah. no point in saving it. You feel, you, you know, you feel that you wrecked before you even put it together. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> well, do you have anything else you want to close off with? Uh, just one more. I'm going to make one more Kyle Busch comment, then we'll be done. Um, he's going to have a lot more. I mean, obviously Kyle, too. He's Think about this. He's won everything he can win except the Daytona 500, right? Pretty much, yeah. I don't think it's likely, but he'll have a lot more Chevys to work with than he ever did Toyotas. Can you imagine if, if he wins in his very first race with RCR, if he wins the Daytona 500 next year? That would be surreal. I don't because... think it's. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just too pessimistic. I don't think he's ever going to win a 500 if he hasn't won one yet, because it feels like something always happens. But if it does, I'm probably not going to school the next day. That's for sure. I mean, you did mention the fact that he'll have more <laughs> friends. He'll have more Chevrolet friends because Toyota's camp only consists of six cars. Yeah, um, Chevy's that's... like half the field. Yeah, Chevys, you have what? You have RCR, you have Hendrick, you have Trackhouse, you have, um, am I missing anyone else? You have the Petties. They've been, you know, Petties not bad. Are good you have, yeah, they're good. And, and technically, RCR has four cars. They have, if they run a chart, if they run a non chartered car, they'll have three for the 500. Plus, they are a satellite alliance team, a colleague. Yeah, colleague. So. so, that is a very good point. Oh, so, well, I appreciate you guys hanging out and taking a listen. Um, my name's Philip Schmitz. Matt, I appreciate you uh, joining on this uh, while being at NC State. Uh, good luck for the rest of your semester, and also good luck on you getting that internship, my man. Uh, hopefully. I'll let you know when that's official. I'll let you know when that's official, but hopefully. Hopefully. Um, well, we'll hope. Yeah, I, I, I would be. I'll leave it at this. I, I don't mean like in a sad way. I mean like in terms of how much progress we made. I would be disappointed if this doesn't work out because it, I, I, I'm pretty confident it will. But I'll let you know when it's official. Well, let me do that. Um, <laughs> until then, I want to say thank you all for listening. And you guys have a good rest of the day. Goodbye. Goodbye.